We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Did he just swear at a goat? Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely Halifax. How's everybody doing? I hope that uh, you're all able to survive this entire thing that we're currently in the middle of doing. Um, but yeah, let's not pay too much attention on that. Um, let's just move right ahead to what is going on over at lowbiasgaming.net because uh, this is going to be a bit of a long show today once again. Um, Scarlet with th four, uh, yes, three new episodes of Sonic Unleashed, um, which is a new Let's Play. Uh, Jason with a couple of new Let's Plays, including uh, one for Plague Incorporated, which is the Low Bias Monthly for April, which is um, games where disease are central to the plot, and uh, a new Let's Play of the game Off, which is a very strange and abstract game. Uh, and also three new videos for his Final Fantasy VIII series as well. New soundtracks include Air Fortress and Air Wolf, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about what's going on on the website itself. Let's move right on to some music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Toshiaki Sakoda, and it is the title theme to today's game from the archives. Alien Crush features a science fiction theme reminiscent of the film Alien. Essentially, the player is fighting against the aliens with their pinball skills. The playfield of Alien Crush consists of two main screens arranged vertically with a pair of flippers at the bottom of each. The play stops momentarily as the ball shifts from one screen to the next. There are also several hidden and bonus rooms. These hidden rooms uh, mainly involve destroying all the aliens or several waves of aliens for bonus points. The player is given the choice of a fast or slow ball speed and two different music tracks. I really hope that's not the back of the box for Alien Crush. 
which is a pinball game for the um, PC Engine, also known as the TurboGrafx-16, developed by Naxat Soft, published by NEC and released in 1999. It's a neat little pinball game. It's a little grotesque, um, but um, yeah, it's pinballs. Not much else that you can say about that. Um, it's fun, it's neat, and Scarlet has played it. For the Low Bias Monthly for March 2017, which I had selected, uh, Pinball Games. It's a video called Scarlet Can't Pinball, and somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's just the one video it's over on lowbiasgaming.net if you want to check that out.
That was Petroform with Dither Beach from the album of the same name, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, well, you know it. It's time for the news of the weird. And as I have been doing for the last few weeks now, I do have a guest along with me from this point. Hello. Hi, who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, so this would be Blazewing, otherwise known as Gina. Uh, you had me on your show, I think it's back in 2018, around Christmas time. So yes. hi again. Hello again. I'm glad to have you on the show again. Glad that you would want to be on the show again. At least that means that people want to return. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I actually get kind of a thrill out of this. Uh, you know, last time was my first official time on air that I can recall. I got I got a bit of a kick out of it, so yeah. I was more than happy to do it for you. Well, um, let's get started on doing it one more time then. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, news of the weird. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is usually about 15 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, Annals of Isolation, and there are four sub-stories. I wonder where these stories are, are coming from. Let's find out. Um, so, uh, in Melbourne, Australia, uh, quote, a bit of boredom in isolation led 27-year-old astrophysicist Daniel Reardon to experiment on March 26th with an idea to stop people from touching their faces, a necklace and accompanying bl- a bracelet of magnets that would sound an alarm whenever someone reached up, the Guardian reported. When that didn't work, Reardon started playing with the powerful neodymium magnet, uh, magnets, uh, clipping them to his earlobes and nostrils, and that's where things went wrong. <laughs> Two magnets inside his nostrils became stuck together, and he couldn't separate them. Reardon tried using pliers, but they, but they became man- uh, magnetized. Every time I brought the pliers close to my nose, my entire nose would shift toward the pliers and then the pliers would stick to the magnet, he said. Finally, his partner, quote, took me to the hospital that she works in because she wanted all her colleagues to laugh at me, uh, end quote, and doctors applied an, an anesthetic spray then manually removed the magnets. Needless to say, I'm not going to play with the magnets anymore, Reardon said. I think the major takeaway here is don't put magnets in your nose. No, I mean, it's an interesting idea to get people to stop touching their faces as I'm touching my face. But uh, (laughs) do be careful with magnets. Uh, Could you say he had a magnetic personality? Quite possibly, yes. Why would you think that's a good idea? People have to come up with bad ideas before they come up with a good one. It's you science. know what? That, that's fair. They say that the only difference between a master and a novice is the master has failed more times than the novice tried. Sounds about right. Donuts Delight in Rochester, New York has found a special way to pay tribute to immunologist Dr. Anthony Fauci. Since March 23rd, the shop has been printing Dr. Fauci's image on thin, edible paper and then applying it to the buttercream frosting on its donuts. Nick Semiraro 
franchisee of the shop told the Democratic, uh, the Democrat and Chronicle, quote, he's on TV giving us the facts. You've got to respect that. People are buying them like crazy. We're making more right now, end quote. The Doc Donuts go for $20 per dozen. Curbside pickup and delivery is available. I want uh, my face on a donut. How do I go about getting my face on? I mean, I'm sure there are people who um, who can arrange that. Um, just custom-made donuts and things. I know that there, there are some coffee places, you know, in times when coffee places are open, that uh, you can give them a picture and they will put it effectively in your drink. Yeah, I've, I've actually I've actually seen that going around. I think the most recent one I saw was a cat face or something like that. And I know Dairy Queen has a way to do like actual pictures on it on their like ice cream cakes and whatnot, and that's pretty cool. It's certainly putting a different twist on eating someone's face. It's definitely the icing on the cake. There you go. Our next story under Annals of Isolation, a survey commissioned by Mentimeter, an interactive presentation company, found that 12% 12 of people working from home turned their computer's camera off during a video meeting because they're wearing few or no clothes, United Press International reported on March 26th. Along with that, the Walmart, uh, Walmart Executive Vice President Dan Bartlett told the Washington Post, we're seeing increased sales in tops, but not bottoms. The phenomenon presumably driven by video conferencing workers who do leave their cameras on. So I know with things going on as they are at the moment, one of my classes that actually just finished on Wednesday mm-hmm. was actually, it actually moved from in-person and face-to-face to an online video conferencing. Right. And when I was in class, I'd actually keep my camera off because 90% of the time I was in my PJs. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, I find that the best way to keep track on you know any sort of work that you're doing is to dress as if you're going to work, but most people are just not gonna do that. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things right now where Oh no, I woke up two hours late and I was late getting to the living room. My whole schedule's thrown off for the day. <laughs> Why have video on if you could not have pants? Yeah. Well, then again, it's not like you're going to show below the belt to everyone online. But, you know, anyway. That was a little too below the belt for me. Indeed. App developers Daniel Amadezida and Christopher <laughs> Smeeter have good news for those in the dating pool during this time of social distancing and staying at home. Quarantine Together is a text-based app they launched on March 15th that asked users once a day whether they've washed their hands, and if they said yes, they're introduced to another user. Nivi Jayasekar of San Francisco told CNN she was eager to give it a shot. Quote, it was a hilarious idea. I feel like it's an opportunity to form a deeper connection with someone before meeting them. End quote, she said. And that last name that I can't pronounce, unfortunately, uh, reports Amadizadeh, that... I think. Amadizadeh reports that signups have been growing by 50% every day. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Um, I can't argue with that. I, I, I think that there should be more questions than just have you wash your hands. I mean, this... that's that's not completely inaccurate. But yeah, add a little bit of variety because it's not all about washing hands. Have you washed your hands today? Yes. Here, have a friend. <laughs> that, that's just... a, a, a strange way of um, 
positive reinforcement. But if, it, if it's working and people like it, then let's keep doing it, I guess. Yeah, I do gotta say, I do like the idea of that type of app, though. Yeah. It's encouraging good things to do and also trying to fight this whole social distancing thing. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely something I think that needs to be worked on, but, you know, kudos for an epic idea. Yeah. Alright, so uh, now with those out of the way, there's also still some normal news that keeps happening because people are still going out into the world, so... You know. Just because the world stopped turning doesn't mean the news stops coming. Exactly. Our next story, doggone it. Alberto Tito Alejandro, 51, was arrested following a high-speed chase after Washington state troopers re received multiple calls on March 29th about a car hitting two other vehicles south of Seattle and then racing away at speeds up to 100 miles an hour, AFP reported. Trooper Heather Axman uh, said that when officers got close to the 1996 Buick, they were shocked to see a dog sitting in the driver's seat. I think I've seen this story, actually. Um, Alejandro was steering and pushing the gas pedal from the passenger seat. When we took him into custody, Axman said, he admitted to our troopers that he was teaching his dog to drive. I've heard a lot of excuses, but I've never had an excuse that was that uh, the dog was driving. Alejandro was charged on multiple counts, including driving under the influence of drugs. Uh, this just brings up to this just brings to memory that uh, that meme I see floating around Facebook, where you know you pull the the cop pulls the person over, and the cop's like, "Give me a good excuse," and the person's like, "I'm a reverse vampire. I have to get home before the sun sets." Oh jeez. But teaching a dog to drive, huh? I mean, considering that uh, that he was charged with driving under the influence of drugs, that probably had something to do with it. They said I could never teach a llama to drive. A llama. No llama, no! I think the main reason that a llama can't drive is that the llama can't fit in the car. You know what? I mean, they could if you just think a sunroof over the driver's head. A <laughs> hundred miles per hour, though. So... They don't mention anything about the type of car he was driving. Are we no. supposed to assume that he might have been driving a DeLorean? <laughs> well, then he would be driving 88. But he's going over 88, which means he can go twice as fast. I don't think DeLoreans are able to go over over uh, 88, really. Ah, that's fair. Moving on. All in. MedFet UK, a small company that supplies people who indulge in medical fetishes, donated its entire inventory just a few sets, of disposable medical scrubs to Britain's National Health Service, the NHS, on March 27th after being contacted by desperate procurement officers, Metro News reported. When we, a tiny company set up to serve a small section of the King community, find ourselves being sought out as a last resort supplier to our National Health Service in a time of crisis, something is seriously wrong, the company posted on Twitter. It also took the opportunity to provide a PSA. Whether getting ready for some kinky fun or guarding against a virus outbreak, the single most effective method of infection control is scrupulous hand hygiene. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with that. I've seen a couple of kink communities kind of stepping up and going to bat during times of need. And yeah. I've also seen one other specific company that comes to mind, um, Pornhub. Yes. They gave Italy access to Pornhub premium videos for free while Italy was under under like quarantine, like 
strict quarantine yeah. orders. They basically said, here's free content. Go do what you want. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's probably going to help with keeping them in their homes. Is it just um, me? Or do kink, fetish, and, for lack of a better word, adult content companies seem to be stepping up? Yeah. And, you know, stepping up to bat and taking life by the horns and, like, be absolutely rocking the good press game uh, over the last few years? Yeah, that, that's what it seemed like to me, at, at the very least. Like, kudos to you guys. <laughs> Remember, sex is not evil. No, it's just our societal conceptions of it. Yes. Our next story, Discovery. Friends Callum Gow, Josh Grossman, and Carlin, uh, Carson Schiffner in British Columbia, all in their early 20s, decided a hike away from more heavily traveled trails near Alouette Lake would be a good way to maintain social distance on March 20th. There have long been rumors of a stash of gold hidden in the area, but the, tr the treasure they discovered was completely different. A secret camp, including supplies, that hadn't been touched for almost 30 years. It was almost like one of those time capsules that you run into, Schaffner told the CBC. The hikers found sealed boxes, a radio, a Coleman stove, first aid supplies, a knife, tobacco, and, apropos to the current day, a big roll of toilet paper. The logbook revealed the camp had been used from 1986 until 1991, and through social media, the hikers managed to find some of the original campers, including Rick Senft. He explained that a group of friends calling themselves the BC Weirdness Federation set up the camp, but quote, life gets in the way, and they gathered, uh, they gathered there less and less. They're probably some of the best years I had, he reminisced. Holy crap. Yeah. It's reminiscent of the, the entire concept of geocaching, except that this wasn't actually documented. It, it might not have been gold, but it might have been as good as gold. Well, you're looking... The camp was used from 1986 until 1991. We are now 2020, so that's, what, almost 30 years later. Yeah. Um, and it's still standing. Not just that. But the supplies that they found, it does. They it, they said the boxes were sealed, but they did say it mentioned if things were usable. I imagine like the electronics and stuff probably would be, and possibly the toilet paper and whatnot, depending on moisture levels. But that is insane. You're looking at tech from 30 years ago. <laughs> like that's a gem. Yeah. I am. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Moving on. Desperate measures. After three days quarantined in his house in Mexico, Antonio Munoz uh, got a yen for Cheetos. With the neighborhood store just feet away, but out of reach for non-essential trip outside, Munoz enlisted the help of his chihuahua, Chokis. Munoz attached a note and $20 to Chokis' collar and sent the dog across the street. Sure enough, the dog returned with the Cheetos, and Munoz, uh, and Munoz told Metro News on March 25th that he has repeated the trip two other times, bringing back different flavors of potato chips. <laughs> I Go mean, fetch. That, yeah, that's one way to do delivery, I guess. He's observing the self-isolation and social, social distancing thing while paying strict attention to quarantine orders mm -hmm. and he's found an innovative way to get himself snacks there you go that's pretty cool is the only thing that we really can say 
You know what? I'm going to give an E for effort on that and for ingenuity. An I for ingenuity, which is... You know what? I like that. We'll go with an I for ingenuity. Which is past F. So um, maybe we need to rethink our lettering system. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm going to put I before A. Except, except after Q. Yeah, except after Q. <laughs> our government in action. Well, not our government, but the U.S. government. Anyway, Business Insider reported the U.S. Navy installed new toilet and sewage systems on two of its aircraft carriers, the Nimitz-class USS George H.W. Bush and the newer USS Gerald R. Ford, but found they, quote, reportedly cannot withstand demand without having problems. Frequent clogs required the Navy to acid flush the sewer, the sewer systems quote, on a regular basis, each flush costing $400,000, a government accounti- uh, accountability office review indicated. The, car- excuse me, the, carriers house, uh, the carriers house a crew of more than 4,000 people. So, would you say they flushed $400,000 down the drain? I mean, that's... that's accurate. That's also a really crappy situation to find yourself in. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have way too many puns for this. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Reportedly cannot withstand the demand without having problems. Oh my! <laughs> so was this George? A- was this George Bush Senior or George Bush Junior? Senior. Uh, George Bush Senior was unfortunately before my time. I cannot remember much of his era. As much as I would like to make a joke about that, I cannot. Same with Ford, unfortunately. <laughs> I do. Ha- I do, however, love the fact that the Government Accountability Office was the one to look into this. It's certainly something to account for, anyway. <laughs> oh, and, my word. And our last story for today. Can't win. Uh, a tractor-trailer crash and subsequent fire near Dallas on April 1st lay waste to an entire load of, hot, of a hot commodity in these bizarre times. Toilet paper. Mm-hmm. The Associated Press reports the driver was unharmed, but the TP burned extensively and spilled, o- uh, spilled over the interstate, which had, been, had to be closed to traffic. The truck was hauling the large rolls typically used in business restrooms. Oh, so it was those giant rolls that you see in retail stores. You know, the ones with the the cheap toilet paper rolls that, you know, they're usually only single ply and you actually run the risk of putting your finger through. <sighs> Still, in this current climate, I guess any TP is better than no TP? Maybe that also they- means that we should start moving towards a three seashells type deal. <laughs> Thing is, like, as I've mentioned on the show before, this is a respiratory issue. You you are yeah. not you're not going to be sitting on the toilet over this one. So why is the TP disappearing? I don't know about you, but given the right circumstances, I might be disappearing sitting on the toilet during this crisis. Oh. Well, yes, but not because of it. How does toilet paper burn extensively? You figured that would like go up in flames almost instantly because it is extremely flammable. It is. Do they mean it burned extensively as in there was a large fire or that the fire lasted for a while? Probably a little of both. I'm glad that the driver was unharmed though. Yes. Alright. 
so that's gonna about do it for the news of the weird, which ended up lasting a lot longer than I thought it would, but that's fine. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get to some music.
that was Error by Benji, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'm still being joined by... Blazewing, otherwise known as Gina, seeing as I'm a communications expert slash student, my name's going to have to get out there at some point, so you guys might as well be there to hear it. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm sure that people who have been paying attention probably have figured it out already, but, you know, there you go. It's an association done. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, so we're going to be doing the dialogue box, which uh, pretty much involves talking about whatever that we, um, that we feel like, basically. Um, I'm down for some random chit chat. Random chit chat. Uh, we're going to start that random chit chat with uh, the fact that you have a podcast as well. I do, actually. It's called the Breadcrumb Trails podcast, and we have three hosts. There's myself, Danny, and Carol. We are a travel-related podcast that deals with tips, tricks, and advice for people of all ages. Doesn't matter doesn't matter at what stage of travel you are at, whether you're just beginning, whether you are a veteran-seasoned traveler. We talk firsthand experiences. We talk. Uh, we have interviews where we sit down and actually interview individuals, and then we have a roundtable discussion about what we've learned or things that we hadn't normally considered. We also promote, you know, research. We promote making sure you're informed on subjects and being prepared for any kind of circumstance that might come. Oh, there you go. Although there's probably not a whole lot of traveling happening right now, mind you. I mean, I guess that depends on the on demographic you're, you're in. But yeah, for the most part, people who tend to have a bit of a brain understand that travel right now is non-essential and that it shouldn't be done and stay at home. Yeah, so that that's basically going to be the advice for the next I don't know how long. But let's try not to think about that. Um... So yeah, uh, uh, do, you, do you have any sort of experiences that you'd like to share from making that podcast? I have lots of experiences. The first, the first thing that pops up is finding a soundproof studio isn't exactly all that easy when you're yeah. looking for a place to sit down and chat with people. We've been through three or four different locations. We finally settled on Grant McEwen's recording studio, uh, Grant McEwen University's recording studios. But with the current climate at the moment, we've had to resort to video chat. And we actually just held our first live stream. And that might become a regular format for us because oh, our host, uh, the, the hosts have decided that we actually kind of enjoy that and that we find it kind of fun. Yeah, it's high pressure because you're live on the air in front of people and it's not pre-recorded as we normally do. But there's a bit of a thrill that comes along with it. I mean, I entirely agree. Uh, during regular times, I'm doing the show live, and I definitely prefer doing the show live. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. one of the other things that we talked about <clears throat> when I think it was first episode back in January after the after the holidays mm -hmm. was basically one of the topics that we touched on that was pretty close to my heart at that point and pretty close to home was 
always buy travel insurance when you're traveling to a foreign country, when you're traveling to, you know, a country that's not your own. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, something to keep in mind. And uh, after listening to a few episodes of, uh, of Breadcrumb Trails, it's like, this is why you need travel insurance. Yeah, so just to kind of expand on that and extrapolate and so people can understand what we're talking about. Uh, over the Christmas, ho- or sorry, over the holidays, my husband ended up spur of the moment buying two all-inclusive tickets to a resort in Cuba. Um, you know, I don't deal well with the heat, but I was excited because it was a new place and someplace that I'd never been before. And I mean, Cuba, the land of booze and tobacco, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was, let's see, we landed. I spent two days completely plastered out of my skull. Uh, running around and basically just having a grand old time and I went for a midnight swim two days into our trip and I was swimming with a bu- I was going swimming with a friends that she made one of which was actually from my city and the others the other two which are from like a province over uh, I'm lucky I had them with me because I went down I was running toward the surf and my foot ended up twisting and trying to go in a different direction than the rest of my body <sighs> Yeah, so it slipped in the sand. It tried to go one way. My body was like, hey, inertia is still a thing. We're going to keep going this way. <laughs> I heard slash felt a snap. I, I actually heard slash felt a snap in my leg. And the next thing I know, I couldn't stand up. Um, I, I, was down on, I was down on the ground in the surf. And I tried to stand back up and immediately fell back, right back down. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've heard this story before, but that doesn't make it any easier to hear. Basically, what had happened was I fractured my tibia while I was in Cuba, and I ended up being going to the hospital. All said and done, the medical expenses ended up being about $630 Canadian. But I mean, I was in and out of the hospital. I, I was in the hospital in like I, w- I was in being seen by a doctor in five minutes. They gave me some painkillers. They gave me some anti-inflammatory gel. The kicker is. And do you mind if I tell you my air, my uh, my airline saga coming back? Sure, go ahead. So my airline saga, um, we ended up staying in Cuba because we didn't have medical insurance, and that was my fault. We decided we weren't going to need it, and then you know I went like go figure. <laughs> so we went to fly back, and we told our Air Canada representative through Air Canada Vacations that I was coming back with a broken leg and that I couldn't walk. And they're like, cool, we'll make accommodations for you. We'll make sure that you're looked after. So while I was in the airport, in the airports, they made sure I had a wheelchair. But Air Canada, when I was on the planes, despite knowing that I had a broken leg, ended up putting me at the back of the plane twice. They made me walk 120 rows on a broken leg. And I was not exactly impressed with that. The third flight, like the one hour dual prop uh, engine flight that we had from Calgary to Edmonton, the flight attendant looked at me and saw that I was hobbling. And she's like, you okay? I was like, no, I broke my leg while we were on vacation. She's like, oh, where are you sitting? If you come sit down, we'll get you seated. I was like, I'm in row 13, which is halfway down the plane. She looked at me, looked at her partner, looked at me looked at her partner and said, get me the seating chart. And they actually moved me up to row three, which is like three rows behind the front door, which was freaking amazing. And before we'd taken off, I had a bag of ice in my hand and some water. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm just like, you know what? That's th that's how you're supposed to look after an injured passenger, not make them walk 120 rows and pretty much ignore them. Yeah. It's, it's the entire difference uh, uh, between someone having a job because they need a job and someone having a job that they actually care about. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at the flight attendant after I got off the after landing in Edmonton and I was almost in tears. I basically looked at her and said, you know what? You've just made my whole day. The way that you treated me on this one hour flight. And I said, I haven't seen that since we left Cuba, since we left our resort. So anyways, I ended up going straight to the hospital after we landed. And by the time I got in to see the doctor, I'd been up something like 44 hours. Ooh. No sleep on a broken leg. So, I mean, my patients are wearing thin and whatnot. Mm. Um, I ended up going in, going into the hospital again eventually after they sent me home. And I now have a steel plate in my leg. That's pretty metal. That is pretty metal. <laughs> It is an That's experience so that I will never forget. It is something that I will remember for the rest of my life. And hey, I've got a really cool travel story out of it now, just like the time I got lost in Suicide Forest. But, you know, the travel stories, I think, are what are, are what make the travel worth it, in my yeah. in, in my opinion. You get to look back on these things and say, I did a thing. Might not have been the best thing at the time, but I did a thing, and now I can sit back and laugh about it. Yeah, pretty much. And if you want to find out more about that Suicide Forest trip, then you can go check out her podcast, and we'll have more information about that at the end of the show. Um, you are also a uh, Twitch streamer. I am, actually. I've been streaming on a constant, regular schedule now for, well, actually over a year. Uh, I started streaming on a regular schedule in January of 2019, and I've been trying to stick pretty heavily to that well i gave you the idea to start streaming i got bored <laughs> isn't uh, that uh, always the way right uh so pro uh so uh trade secret when i get bored things tend to end up on fire and i figured that probably wasn't the best way to do things i like gaming like i, I enjoy my game i yeah. enjoy sitting down and playing them and i wanted to do something new so i figured in, in halfway through 2018, I figured, why not sit down and try to figure out the streaming thing? So I sat down and I was on and off for a couple of times. And then in 2019, it rolled around and I was like, I should actually get into this, stick to a schedule, see what I can do. And I'm starting to build myself up now. Hmm. Um, it, it, it's something that I've actually come to, something that I've actually come to enjoy. And it's something that I find, oddly enough, relaxes me. I, I enjoy hanging out with my community and you know, sharing in not just the community achievements, but I guess achievements within the lives of my community as well. I, I'm basically a com an entertainer at this point, and I'm trying to put that communications degree to some kind of use. Mm, there you go. I, I still kind of remember actually when I started Let's Playing, which was over 10 years ago at this point, which is weird to think. Yeah. I was sitting in this very chair that I'm sitting in right now, Obviously not in the same apartment. That was like three apartments back, probably. But um, it was... I, I had... My chair was like... I had it way down low. Yeah. Because I, I, did, I basically needed to set myself up almost underneath my desk. Because yeah. my mic was really not great. I had to speak directly into it in order for it to capture anything. Okay. 
Um, I also had to have the speakers super loud because you couldn't capture like um, output and input audio like you easily can now with pro programs like OBS. Yeah. So I had to capture it through my mic, which couldn't capture anything. So my my speakers had to be super loud. The amount of technology and software that's come out in the last, even the last couple of years, is absolutely amazing. Well, that's the uh, thing I, is, like, the 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 more that this has been going, the more specific the demand has become, right? Yep. So, you you end up with, like, oh well, people are doing let's plays now, so people need to record the game audio as well. But the only way to do that is through the speakers, so or through some patch cord nonsense. So what else are we going to do? We're just going to make a new way of doing it. And also Windows itself has evolved, so... I mean, you look at things now and with OBS, because I stream, OBS is the program that I use. Yeah. I essentially have a full-scale audio slash video mixer on my computer now that I can do absolutely amazing things with. I'm actually redesigning my Twitch channel, uh, hopefully for a launch on May 1st if I can get everything done right, Ooh. but I, I, I'm essentially taking things up a notch. And I've got new overlays. I've got overlays for my overlays. I've got special effects coming out. I've got, you know... Oh boy raid scenes coming out i've got a whole bunch a whole bunch of new stuff that i've sunk my blood sweat and tears into and i'm telling you if i had spent this much time on my schoolwork i'd probably be on the honor on the uh dean's honor list but <laughs> this is just something I, t I tend to i find a passion for so i've been letting my creativity fly oh there you go so i, I don't know it's like i have a full-scale audio slash video mixer on my on, on my computer now and i absolutely love it yeah I've also been learning some real cool things with video editing, like DaVinci Resolve video editing, like full-scale videos. So, yeah, it's it's interesting how just how things evolve in general. It's like every every person is going to have a different path. Like I started over ten years ago with YouTube videos. You just went straight to Twitch, and that's fine. Um, there, there's a lot of people who are just doing the Twitch thing. There's a lot of people who are just doing the YouTube thing. There's some people who are doing a little bit of both. And there's so it's, many different ways of doing. Well, it's, it's interesting because now that I've got my basis on Twitch and I've actually got like, it's not the biggest audience, but I, I mean, I do have my dedicated fan base of like five or six people. Hmm. And that, that, that tends to grow as I get out there and network hmm. and, you know, make new friends. But I'm actually I've actually started expanding my media creation. Like right now I'm on TikTok. I've got over yes. I've got almost fourteen hundred people on TikTok that follow me on just my primary account. On my secondary account, I think I'm up to like fifty. I just started that up. Uh, I I'm also looking at expanding into YouTube. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for it, but I'm looking at expanding into YouTube uh, as part of my content creation platform. I just don't know what I'm going to do with that yet, so. There are a lot of options. Um, there are a lot of options, but I have to figure out what works for me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, kind of a thing that, that uh, 
I've been wanting to do myself actually is uh, right right now it would not really be the easiest thing because I wouldn't be able to really set things up properly because I'm just in my apartment and I also don't have home internet right now I'm running everything off my phone but um, there's a segment that I did I think last season uh, that I called the game show geek which didn't really go over that well because it was all audio but the entire point of the game show geek was to do a whole video thing and that kind of never got started so I, what I'm saying is at some point I should do that because it's kind of an interesting niche it is and it, I, again it's all about what what works for you and what yeah. kind of content you're passionate about and what you want to put out you know the kind of face that you want to show off to people so yeah, I, I guess pretty much the lesson here is like there's really no better time than, well, now if you have the resources to do the thing that you want to do. And I realize that there's a lot of people out there who are going to be doing the thing that they want to do and it might be pretty similar to what you want to do, but you do what you do and that's all you can do. Take it and put your own twist on it. Make, you know... Yeah things that other people want to do might be similar to you put your own twist on it make it your own and own that uh for instance one of the things like we've got an insane amount of people that stream on twitch this is no secret one of the things that i'm doing with my community uh so for my subscribers i was offering movie nights for my subscribers admins and mods every two weeks or at least trying to and that also you know my my patreon supporters also have access to that as well well, during the current state of things, I've actually removed that restriction and I've opened it up to the, the entire Discord. So anybody who's in my Discord can come and join us for movie days. And I've actually turned it into every Saturday. So oh, every yeah. Saturday, we'll sit down for a couple hours and we'll watch a movie together. And uh, information on that will probably be forthcoming at the end of the show, which is pretty soon at this point. But first, let's get to a little bit more music and... Um... Yeah, let's, let's do that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Escape Driver with Run, Brian's Shiptune Remix. And uh, that will do it for the end of the show. I hope that you enjoyed uh, the show today. And uh, Blaze, I hope that you enjoyed being on the show. I absolutely did. Thank you again for having me. Awesome. And where can people find you online? So the Breadcrumb Trails podcast can be found at linktr.ee slash breadcrumbtrailspodcast. My socials can be found at linktree slash blazewing2010. And those will, of course, be in the show notes when this podcast episode eventually goes up. Because I know I'm behind on those, but I'm going to be starting to put those up real soon. I actually promise you. <laughs> All I right. look forward to it. So uh, let's get this done the way we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Manabu Namiki, Noriki Kibikura, Twilight of Defect, Yakov Ertanen, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show, coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm, and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments? Questions? Want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net, or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also leave some feedback on the ckdu.ca website, click on Shows, uh, scroll to Square Wave Symphony, and click on Leave Feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most podcast things that you might like to use. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, along with... Blazewing. And I'll see you guys next time. See you soon.